Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I am Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And we're sisters, and this is a murder zone, where all we do is talk about murder. Mm-hmm. So if you like being in the murder zone, welcome. If <laughs> You've come to the right zone. Come to the right zone. The temperature is always whatever you like it to be. Kind of murdery. Yeah. Mur- murder. Fahrenheit? Fuck. I can't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Good try. Uh, <laughs> intro business is for the birds. Yeah. Anyway, I'll shut up and let Sadie take it away. Tonight I'm going to tell you about the murder of the Spirit family. Oh, boy. A uh, big warning for child abuse and child death. Ugh. And also a little warning. We're going to start by listening to a little 911 call. So if you're not interested... Skip ahead two minutes, and we'll see you on the other side. Wish us luck, guys. Wish me luck. I haven't heard this yet. Gilchrist County 911. What's the address of the emergency? Yes, ma'am. I, I, um, I just shot my daughter and shot all my grandkids, and I'll be sitting on my step, and when you get here, I'm going to shoot myself. What is the address that you're at, sir? 2550 Northwest, 25 Paris, downstairs. They're, they're, every one of them are dead. Uh, you said your name is Don Spirit? Yep. All right, Don, what kind of gun do you have? It doesn't matter what kind of gun I got. They're all dead, and then when you get here, I'll shoot myself, and then you figure out what kind of gun it is. How long did this happen, Don? I, I don't want to hear it, man. I'm done with all, every fucking thing. Just bring the motherfuckers out here, that's all. We got all the kids are dead in the house. Okay, how many people? Okay, how many people? Six kids, one adult. Six kids and one adult? Yeah. One of them is a baby. All right, Don. Is there any way you can stand up with me until I get somebody there to help you? What's that? Can I ha- have you stay on the phone with me? No, I, no, I'm not that. I'm waiting for them to get here. When they get here, I'm going to shoot myself on my back set. All I'm doing is waiting for them. Are you sitting on your back steps? Yep. Oi, oi, oi. Six children six and an adult. Yes. 
(laughs) So at 4 p.m. on September 18th, 2014, in the tiny town of Bell, Florida, dispatchers received a 911 call from 51-year-old Don Spirit. He's only 51. 51 years old. Jesus. He told them, quote, I just shot my daughter and I shot all my grandkids. I'll be sitting on my steps. When you get here, I'm going to shoot myself. Nine minutes later, the first units from the Gilcrest County Sheriff's Office arrived and found Spirit pacing outside the family's green, single-wide trailer, unarmed, carrying what appeared to be a jug of water. Mm. As police arrived, Spirit told them, quote, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the Stewarts. Colleen Stewart has turned Sarah into a whore and drugs, and I'm fed up with the whole family, the Stewart family. They've ruined my family, they've ruined my life, and I'm just tired of them all, and I've taken care of it today. Oh my god. Don Spirit then went behind his trailer and returned with a semi-automatic rifle. Before he could be stopped, he shot himself in the head and died instantly. Wow. The scene was impossible to imagine. Police found the body of 28-year-old Sarah Spirit outside the trailer, partially covered by a tarp. An autopsy would show, in addition to being shot in the head, she was stabbed six times Mm-mm. and suffered blunt force trauma from being pistol whipped. Jesus. That's his daughter, I'm assuming. Yeah. God. Sarah's six children were found dead in various rooms inside the trailer. Caleb, 11. Kylie, 9. Jonathan, 8. Destiny, 5. Brandon, 4. And Alana, who is just three months old. They'd all been shot to death by their grandfather. What is happening? What in the world could cause a man to kill his daughter and six of his grandchildren? It would come as no surprise that there was a long history of domestic violence and child abuse allegations surrounding this family. Mm -mm. Could these children's lives have been saved? Absolutely, 100% yes. Yeah, of course they could have, of course. Don Spirit was born in 1962. Not much is known about his childhood. He married his wife, Christine Jeffers, and they had three children together. Their daughter, Sarah, was born in 1986. Son, Josh, was born in 1990. And their youngest, Kyle, was born a few years later in 1992. Don had a history of mental health issues, including bipolar disorder. He also had a lengthy criminal history spanning decades. From 1999 to 1996, he was arrested 13 times with a mix of misdemeanors and felonies. The charges included aggravated battery, larceny, drug possession, a hit and run with injury, and depriving a child of food and shelter. Gee, many Christmas. The family eventually moved to Bell, Florida, with a population of less than 500 people. Wow. It's described as a nice, quiet agricultural community, the kind of place where if someone's house burns down, people set up a donation box right away to help. Mm-hmm. There are few jobs, though. Most of the good ones involve hauling rocks, sand, and logs. With his criminal history, it would be even harder than normal for Don to find a good job to support his family. Mm-hmm. On November 14th, 2001, Don took his sons, Josh and Kyle, on a hunting trip. While walking through the woods, Don pointed out some rust on the muzzle of his rifle. While the boys checked out the rust, the rifle fired, hitting Kyle in the head, killing him. I was just about to say, like, I'm so nervous. Everything you're going to say in the story just makes me so nervous. And it was justified because that's <laughs> fucking yeah. horrifying. I know. It's one of those that is just, like, relentless. <gasps> okay. So, I'm sorry. Um, I am strapped in. I mean, not like our stories are ever full of joy, but no, this it's... one's particularly rough. Okay. It was ruled an accident, but Dawn was a felon and was in possession of a firearm illegally during the accident. 
He was eventually sentenced to three years in prison for the offense. While awaiting sentencing, Don was arrested for domestic battery when he allegedly beat his wife, smashed the couple's phone, and, quote, busted all the windows out of her 2000 Chevy Blazer. He also snatched her hair, called her a bitch, and threatened to kill her, a police report said. I just feel like, like, I'm not at all a fan of the three strikes rule because it's bullshit and it always just targets people with, like, nonviolent drug felonies, but... After, like, 13 or 14 or, you know, like, Mm -hmm. when is the point where somebody like this gets incarcerated for good? Right. Or even just for, like, a lengthy period of time or, like, put into a mental health facility or given some support so that, you know, it's just, like, Or his family given some support so that they can adequately distance themselves from Mm -hmm. him or, yeah, my Mm -hmm. God, man. When police arrived, Christine defended her husband, quote, expressing concern for his mental state as a result of the hunting accident that killed his youngest son. She refused to give police a written statement, saying it would, quote, just make him more angry. (laughs) Despite his violence toward her, Christine urged the court to be lenient on Don in the shooting death of Kyle, saying that he had not recovered from his son's death. Quote, the loss of our son has really taken a toll on him, and he blames himself every day, she wrote in a letter to the judge. She continues, quote, he had punished himself more than the court system ever could punish him. Since our son's death, my husband has been severely depressed. The doctors have not found a medication yet to help him. There is not a day that goes by that I don't catch him crying. And I'm sure all of that's true and valid to a certain extent, but God damn it, if that's not just how women are as far as like taking that caretaker role mm-hmm. to a fault. Mm-hmm. Like let the guy suffer some consequences. Big time. Grief is one thing. Channeling that grief into domestic violence is completely unacceptable. It's a completely right. different thing. Right. And it wasn't like the death of his son then caused him to lash out. He was doing this, you know, from 90 to 96. Precisely. His son was killed in 2001. Right. And this didn't just come out of like not uh, the trauma of the death of, of his the, son. Right. And even yeah. if it had, still unacceptable, guys. Right, right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but yes. Yeah. yeah. Despite her initial support for Don, Christine filed for divorce while Don was in prison. Once out of prison, he planned to take custody of his surviving son, Josh. During the divorce, the couple argued over possessions, such as a jet ski and a camper. And in letters to her, Don clearly saw himself as the better parent. Oh my God. In December 2006, John was arrested again for battery. Court records say that Don became furious with his son, Joshua, when he saw the boy's friend wearing Joshua's jacket. Quote, Don's spirit called Josh a punk and began punching him in the face, a report said. Joshua's spirit suffered abrasions to his left eye, both sides of his neck and his shoulder blade, a Gilchrist County Sheriff's deputy wrote. Mm. The charges against Don were later dropped. Don's oldest daughter Sarah was 15 at the time of her brother Kyle's death At 17, Sarah became pregnant with her first child, Caleb By the time her father was released from prison She had already had two more children, Kylie and Jonathan And was also taking care of her little brother, Josh In 2006, the calls to the Florida State Department of Children and Families started. I'm going to call it DCF from now on. Mm -hmm. In total, there were 18 separate investigations into the Spirit family. 
Man. The allegations included virtually every type of abuse or neglect, beatings, burnings, medical neglect, poor supervision, drug abuse, abandonment, and domestic battery were among them. God. In one report, DCF was told the family was facing eviction and had no food. One of the boys had a broken leg in a cast. Sarah claimed he had fallen off a trampoline, but investigators questioned why the little boy would be allowed on the trampoline in the first place. Uh-huh. DCF ruled there were, quote, no signs of abuse or neglect, even though one child had a bite mark and yellow bruises. Uh-huh. In September of 2006, one of the kids was found wandering the neighborhood with a steak knife. <laughs> Buddy. No. A March 2007 report said, quote, Mom uses crack cocaine, adding, quote, Mom leaves the children in drug houses. Oh, no. The children's paternal grandmother told an investigator that one of the boys was so hungry he hoarded food. Quote, Kids should not go through this, the grandmother said, threatening to call the media if DCF refused to act. The department took Sarah's children away from her briefly in 2007, but returned them to her very quickly. Mm-hmm. In August of 2008, Don was arrested again, this time for aggravated battery on Sarah, who was then 38 weeks pregnant with her fourth child. I mean, you were not kidding. This is just all of the things all the time. All the time. He's just a, just a raging bastard. Mm-hmm. God. Sarah and her children were living with Don at the time, and he was insisting that Sarah pay his property tax. When she refused, he ordered her to leave the home. Don grabbed her by the arms, shoved her against a refrigerator, and boxed her cheeks very hard and slammed her face, leaving red marks, a police report stated. Mm-hmm. Not only were the police called at this time, but DCF was also notified of the incident. Mm-hmm. DCF was told that nine-year-old Kylie had witnessed her grandfather, who stood at six foot two and weighed 280 pounds, pushing her mom into a refrigerator and beating her about the face. God. DCF praised Sarah for acting to, quote, protect herself and her children. Sarah has a history of chaotic lifestyle and poor decision making, the report said. But it added, quote, the children do not appear to be at risk. Wait, so <laughs> they show up. The gra- the granddaughter says, I watched my grandpa beat my mom. Mm-hmm. And they're like, good for you for protecting your children. But everything's fine. Yep. You fucking kidding me? No, it gets worse. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. It was one of those stories I really almost stopped halfway through because it's yeah. just a lot. But yeah. I can't believe that I didn't know about the story. I'd never heard it. No. Yeah. It's like, yeah. While Don was awaiting trial for assaulting Sarah, she made a plea to the trial judge on his behalf. Mm. Quote, my father is a good person. He just has a lot of emotional problems, she wrote. My baby brother died about five years ago while in my dad's custody, and that is something that he has to live with for the rest of his life. Ever since my brother died, my dad hasn't been emotionally or mentally stable. He has a lot of problems, but he would never hurt somebody intentionally. Please have mercy on my father and don't take him away from his only reason to live, she wrote, referring to her family. Mm. I forgive him for what he did. I am willing to stand by his side. I feel like we need to give a little lesson in codependence really fast mm-hmm. and tell people once again, like, I know you love your family or your spouse or whomever, but it is not okay. And there is no excuse for that behavior. Zero. Yeah. None. You can understand where their behavior comes from, if that makes you feel better, but it is never an excuse or a justification for their actions, right. period. 
You should not be hurt by the people that are supposed to love and protect you. Nope. Or anybody, as a matter right. as it turns out. Nobody should fucking hurt you ever. No. No, not allowed. In the years that followed, Sarah struggled with legal troubles of her own and was in and out of jail. She was arrested on charges of theft, battery, and illegal drug use, and sought child support payments from the fathers of her children without much luck. A friend of Sarah's said that Sarah had a good heart, but was always struggling to support her family and keep it together. I quote, bet. Yeah. Quote, her life was a mess, the friend said. She had no job. She couldn't work with all them kids. Every time I turned around, something bad was happening to her. Mm-hmm. In 2010, DCF was told that Caleb, who was a preteen at this point, had suffered a, quote, cigarette lighter burn on his neck. Mm. Several hotline calls arrived in 2012. In January, the agency was told that Kylie had to repeat kindergarten twice because of chronic head lice. Oh, buddy, no. In February, the agency was told that Sarah soaked 11-year-old Caleb's foot in bleach and wrapped it in tissue and duct tape after he gashed it on shards of glass. (laughs) The boy didn't receive medical care until 12 days later when a school resource officer at a school nurse's urging took the boy to a doctor. Damn it. You know what DCF said about it? Nothing. Quote, needs are being seen to with the help of others. I don't have any words. No. No. Multiple reports arrived in 2013. In February, five-year-old Destiny arrived at school with a serious burn. Quote, the burn would have been much better if it had been treated last night, the agency was told. When interviewed by an investigator, Destiny disclosed under the prodding from a counselor that her mother had paddled her feet, bruising them because she wouldn't go to bed. I don't think that's an effective way to get a kid to go to bed. No. The spirit children were known to steal food because they were hungry. They would eat cereal and ramen noodles while the adults dined on meat and vegetables. Mm. One of her children nearly lost her teeth to rot. Mm. There were allegations that Don beat the children with a belt for jumping on a couch. Mm. While in his care, one child was burned by a space heater and another fractured his arm. He was heard yelling at the children and calling them names in public. Everyone in town knew that he didn't like his grandchildren. Jesus. Despite his own violent history against both his daughter and his children, DCF would often turn to Don's spirit for help and considered him a good support to Sarah. What? 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 Excuse me, what? Mm-hmm. This is despite him being involved in one-third of the 18 abuse and neglect reports filed. I I just, like, full body, like, whoa, what? Like, are you, f- what? Yeah, man. How? Because they, I mean... Comes to find out, they completely fucked this case up. I mean, clearly. but Clearly. And I guess in a town of like 500 people, <laughs> DCF is like your your brother or what I, I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Even worse still, more than a year before the shootings, a specialized team of child abuse investigators reported several of the children said they were frightened of their, quote, Papa Donnie. This just came into my head and it's not funny because this case is not funny but what if dcf was like a horse or something because it was such a small town that would explain <laughs> that's, it that's all they have yeah. yeah you walk up and it's like a like a corn cob with like googly eyes on it mm-hmm. and a hat and it says dcf and like that's dcf i mean i think town. they'd be better off at that point at 100%. least they knew that nobody was coming to help them right yeah <laughs> yes that's the only way you can explain this level of like negligence 
In the final report, the health department's child protection team recommended that Dawn, quote, have no unsupervised contact with the children. That suggestion was never implemented, and he did not receive any counseling or social services. Caseworkers with a private child welfare agency threatened to take legal action against Sarah if she continued to harm her children, but the threat proved hollow, and several more abuse reports followed. God! Yeah, we're, we're getting close oh. here, sort of. <laughs> DCF offered Sarah services to improve her parenting. Only once in 2013 did she agree to accept help, but was dropped from the program as unsuccessful. Jeez. Investigators, I know, investigators closed their cases on nothing but Sarah's promise to do better. They repeatedly allowed her to refuse services or supervision that might have protected her children from future harm. I just closed my eyes as hard as you possibly could and kind of like rolled my eyes back in my own head. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I know. I don't know either. The biggest problem DCF faced was looking at each investigation separately. They rarely, if ever, considered the long history of neglect and abuse these children were suffering from. How is that possible, too? This is the same town, right? Mm Mm-hmm. They said that one of the articles I read said that that was part of the problem, is it's such a small town, and it's very poor, and right. domestic violence and child neglect and abuse is rampant. Yep. And so the police and the child welfare people are just like, okay. Yeah, it's a it's a corn cob and a horse. Like they right. don't have the resources to properly yeah, staff. They become it so. What's totally the word I'm looking for? Um, overwhelmed and jaded. Uh, what's it called when you're like desensitized sensitized yeah, yeah. absolutely right. i get it i mean i remember when we were growing up and there's a lot of child abuse mm-hmm. all over the place and we didn't know at the time that it was child abuse because it was all over the place mm-hmm. so yeah i think again that's... not a justification but it's like if everybody's doing it and like there was that instance you mentioned where she was like i promise to, ha- to do better mm-hmm. they're like great you know mm-hmm. it's like well, at least she's saying she's promising to do better. That mom over there is clearly cracked out of her head, not doing mm-hmm. anything. So this is a better case scenario. So we're going to focus on that one yeah. instead. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to talk about it a little more, but it, it's also <sighs> a case of like DCF looking at this family of six children and thinking, where are we going to put them? Because right. Because that's a huge problem. Turns out right. in Florida, they don't have places to put children. I know. I was just thinking like, I really, 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 really don't want kids, but this makes me want to take kids in and mm-hmm. protect them and help them. Yep. Not too long before they were killed, Sarah and her children had been living in a dilapidated shack on the property of her boyfriend and a father of a few of her children, mm. James Stewart's family. So they were living on a shack on the property that belonged to her boyfriend's family. Right. A couple of weeks before her murder, Sarah reportedly knocked on her friend's front door, asking for diapers for the newborn and food for the other children. Mm. With her brother Joshua and both of the fathers of her children in jail, Sarah was so down on her luck that she felt she had no choice but to return to live with her father. (laughs) On September 1st, just two weeks before the shooting, DCF investigators received another report about the spirit children. The report alleged they were living with adults who used drugs in an unstable home. Quote, the adults' eyes were always half-closed, the report said. The next day, a school guidance counselor for one of the children said she had paid the spirit's electric bill so that the lights wouldn't get turned off. (laughs) During the investigation, Sarah told DCF that she had been recently released from jail for violating probation by testing positive for illegal drugs. 
Once again, the investigators didn't look into Don's past or consider him a part of the problem, despite him being included as one of the adults in the complaint that was doing drugs in front of the children as well. Cool. Good job. A long notation was found in Sarah Spirit's DCF record on August 2nd, which describes a visit by DCF to the Spirit's home. They wrote that the children were, quote, well-groomed and dressed appropriately for school as they exited the bus. The children were happy to be home from school and were glad to see their mother, the note said. But that entry in the DCF's computer system, like others in the report, was not made until a day after the children were killed. Mm-mm. No! Cover in their tracks. That's not how it works, mm-hmm. you guys. Nope. The day before the murders, Colleen Stewart, who is Jamie Stewart's aunt, so Jamie's the dad of some of the children, mm-hmm. Sarah's boyfriend, had been at the spirit home for most of the day. While there, she overheard Dawn tell Sarah that, quote, her kids were not worth a shit. Tell someone to come get them because I don't love them. I hate them. Cool. Good. Good. Mm-hmm. A Good short stuff. <laughs> I know. A short time later, she overheard Dawn apologizing to Sarah for making the comments about her children. He said he was really stressed out because Sarah was unemployed and working as a sex worker for money. She had seen a man named Jose the two days leading up to her murder. She was paid a little under $100 and was supposed to give Dawn some of the money that she had earned. Dawn knew that she was meeting up with this man because she was using his phone to communicate with him. Mm-hmm. This most recent investigation into the Spirit family sat idle for two weeks when a new report was received. Quote, Today the grandfather shot the six children and killed the mother. Then the grandfather called 911. When police arrived, the grandfather killed himself. The reason the grandfather did this is unknown. Damn it. Damn it. Yeah. So after the murders, the Florida Department of Children and Families acknowledged they should have done more to protect the children who were killed. Uh... Understatement (laughs) of the lifetime. They quickly... I know. They quickly announced immediate changes to improve accountability at the agency, which has a long history of inadequate protection for the children Mm -hmm. in its care. They plan to retrain the investigators involved in the Spirit family case, and they plan to review open investigations involving children aged three and under in affected region of North Florida where the family lived. Yeah, right. Right. And not good enough. No. Great. You're going to protect kids under the age of three? Right. We're going to retrain them to... Fabulous. How to glue their googly eyes back onto the corn cob head. <laughs> see the problem here folks is that the googly eye corn cobs hat that we fashioned out of a bottle cap and some felt had fallen in front of his googly eyes <laughs> so he couldn't see shit thus obscuring his ability to do his job properly and protect these children from their father shooting them execution style yeah yeah DCF eventually demoted a regional manager and an investigator supervisor who took new jobs within the department with a 50% pay cut. I just flipped over the table. Mm -hmm. They should be in jail. What they did was so negligent. Still have jobs and now have less money. They are going to be mad and angry and do their jobs even worse and Mm -hmm. hurt people even more. Yep. The director of DCF ordered the training for 1,600 child protective investigators and supervisors statewide. They increased the implementation of a process known as the, quote, rapid safety feedback system, which allows quality assurance specialists to oversee a child protective investigation in real time. So I think that's supposed to be like 
rather than waiting for the paper trail to come through. I don't quite understand what, I think it's just words that are supposed mm-hmm. to sound good so that people mm-hmm. don't get really fucking mad that this shit's happening still. Yes. yes. So rapid safety feedback system sounds mm-hmm. great when it actually mm-hmm. doesn't mean shit. Yeah, totally. So in October of 2015, the family members of Sarah and her children were awarded $750,000 in a wrongful death suit against the state. I think they actually settled, um, but that's not enough money. It should be $750,000 per per child. Person, yes, absolutely. But did any of this really help? You can answer that question. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and guess yes. Mm -hmm. It did. All the children are safe. They're well fed. This country is thriving. Mm -hmm. People have never been better. Everyone feels safe and protected and loved and cared for. And their mental health issues are being addressed at fast, effective rates. Mm -hmm. It's fucking cool. I wish, man. So the Florida legislator ordered the DCF to be more open to scrutiny in 2015. <laughs> they ordered it. Uh-huh. Ordered it. Yeah, they ordered it. You better you better be better about criticism, you guys. Oh man. Like yeah. I want to print that out on a billboard and mm-hmm. put it everywhere. Just put it everywhere. <laughs> but that is a reality in America. The courts have to order organizations to receive criticism. Yeah, it wasn't the courts, it was the legislator, but still. It was like a law, no, the DCF better, but like... That is is the most topically American thing that I've heard in a very long (laughs) time. So crazy. It's just, that that is the poster child for America right now. Yeah, it really is. Fuck. Yeah, and this order came after a series of stories were published in the Miami Herald, which had showed that hundreds of Florida children had died in the wake of DCF's effort to emphasize the preservation of troubled families, mm-hmm. even as the agency cut millions of dollars from the programs designed to keep children safe. Cool. Very awesome. Yep. The overhaul of the state's child protection system created the critical incident rapid response teams that goes along with the fucking speedy, <laughs> rapid, yeah, <words>. fast system. <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm so mad. I know. Yes. Uh, God. Despite these changes, these overwhelmingly huge changes. <laughs> children... Despite fasty, fast, fast, rapid times. <laughs> done, done report. Mm-hmm. Better. Speedy. Better, better take your scrutiny more <laughs> despite all that mm-hmm. ref- sweeping reform right children continued to die while under the supervision of dcf Mm-mm. in 2018 the department was hit with a federal class action lawsuit stemming from its failure to supply enough foster home beds in the state's southern region i okay S- poster statement number two mm-hmm. you have to sue the system Mm-hmm. Like, this is our money going roundy, 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 mm-hmm. nowhere, into right. hell, into chaos and fucking terribleness. Right. Just all around and around. Right. Meanwhile, was... there are children who have to go to kindergarten two oh, years in a row because she can't get rid of her head lice. God, common sense. Please, please, please. Can we infuse this beautiful nation with the modicum of fucking common sense mm-hmm. please so guess what to solve this problem the state's legislator is hoping to pass a law aimed at shortening the length of stay in the foster care system which is incredibly problematic 
What do you what do you propose that they do? They get them out of foster care, either adopt or go back to their home. Oh my god. Very fast so that there is more foster care homes available. That's how they're going to fix this problem. What the fuck? Mhm. One of the plaintiffs in the complaint is a 5-month-old infant who had been placed in a group home since entering care in September of 2017. Oh group home they put this baby in a group home sadie and i worked at a group home in college that's how we put ourselves through college and group homes are a place for nobody period i can just conclusively make the statement that nobody should be in a group home let alone a five-month-old baby no yeah oh my god another plaintiff is a four-year-old boy with down syndrome who has (laughs) who has been in foster care most of his life and was placed in group homes for more than a year four years old (laughs) at the time of the report at least 30 children younger than six were housed in the emergency shelters and group homes a practice that runs counter to standards of care for children according to the children's rights act what do you do like what do we even do (laughs) (laughs) i'm so distraught i know Florida's child welfare services are mostly run through private contracts with different regional agencies. The lead agency in the southern region is called Our Kids. It's a Miami-based provider that cares for about 3,500 children. And it's private. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Yep. Our Kids has a history of endangering the children in its care and has an extreme foster home shortage. Children are moved from home to home frequently. The agency often places infants and toddlers in group homes and fails to provide medical, dental, and mental health services to the children in their care. Big surprise. Despite this, DCF has continued to pay our kids nearly $100 million a year. What? 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 Yeah. Oh, my God. $100 million a fucking year. That is so much money. For 3,500 children. That is Kardashian money. That is mm-hmm. so much money. So much money. How many? Okay, I got to, I don't even know if I can fit that many zeros in my calculator, but I need to do the math. 100, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Divided by 3,500. 500 kids. That's $28,000 a year per child. Right. Which children are expensive. Right. But you pack them all together in these scenarios where they're being taken care of by other people that's plenty of money Mm -hmm. when i was looking up like what foster families get per child and it's something like 440 dollars a month right so 440 times 12 is five thousand dollars a year right yeah that is plenty of money yep Despite the huge problems facing the Department of Children and Families, the state of Florida is planning to cut $11.5 million from the Miami-Dade County's DCF budget. It seems helping children in Florida who need it the most just isn't a priority for the government there, and sadly, Florida isn't alone. This is a systemic problem that plagues the entire country. Yep. And I tell you what, I... I ran into the problem when I was researching this. I would Google, like, DCF problems or whatever i was trying Mm -hmm. to look into more it turns out that dcf is a common acronym for many states Mm -hmm. and it you know vermont and new jersey and Mm -hmm. everywhere all of them you Mm -hmm. read stories of 
this happening over and over and over. And I mean, it's just a really awful rabbit hole when you find, oh, and this child died after the parent was reported at 77 times. And it's just, it's... Yeah. A massive, massive, huge hemorrhaging fucking problem. Yep. This is why millions and millions of people are marching in the streets right now. Because this shit is a problem. Yep. Big time. It's awful. It's awful. So, there you go, guys. Oh, my God. Well, that is a very important story. Like, extremely, extremely important story. And I'm so glad you did it, even though it's disgusting, awful, horrible, avoidable, etc. Right. Well, it's just layers of layers of generational abuse, neglect. Trauma. Poverty. Poverty. Yes. Nothing justifies the murder of six innocent children but there was just like decades of opportunities for somebody to come in and help this family somewhere along the line and it just did not happen right i really do believe that it would take one generation to to change that forever yeah you know like if resources were reallocated and even one member of that family could completely change the course of the entire family for the rest of their lives yeah you know People have to have access to things that they need, mm-hmm. <laughs> period. Big <laughs> like, time. If they have access to those things, they make better choices. They take better care of their children. Their children take better care of their children and on and on and on. Yep. Period. And every once in a while, you're going to come in contact with a sociopath or a narcissist or somebody who's really dangerous and just wants to cause you harm. But I would say, what, 75% of people on this planet are actually really pretty good. Mm-hmm. You At know, least. I think they're born good. A higher, higher percentage. Than well, they that. say that I keep reading that like 25% of people are sociopaths, which kind of feels accurate, but also very, very high. So I'm conservatively estimating that 75% of people are born good. You know, they're yeah. not born like hardwired to fuck everything up. Mm-hmm. So the odds are good, you know, that if we shared a little bit more, that things would get a lot fucking better. Yep. Everybody deep breath. Exhale. <sighs> Take breathe yeah. in the negativity. Turn it up. Destroy it and breathe back out. <sighs> Common sense. Kindness to others. Kindness. Sharing. The dismantling of this fucking... <laughs> <laughs> systems that vote let's make some change yes 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 vote take care donate etc that's right hug your babies man oh my god hug your babies hug your hug other hug random babies because they don't like they need it no just go there scoop them them right up (laughs) scoop them up hug them whether or not they're yours it's always fine to do that covid or not i was <laughs> just kidding don't do that i was in the, <laughs> i was in the subway once with my business partner james and this single mother you know kind of young was like had one of those baby car seat things in the mm-hmm. subway just like hustling down the fucking thing with this huge baby car seat with this baby in it and like i you know no end in sight just walkie walk in walk in and james and i were like can we help you you know can we do you want mm-hmm. us to carry your baby and she was like yes please <laughs> yeah but then we just start like carrying this woman's baby away <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure we look you know james is as like skinny and nerdy and fucking innocent looking as i am but 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, we could have very ever... easily just, whoop, see ya. <laughs> there are ever two people in the, like, history of the United States, or the world, <laughs> that I would trust to not steal my baby. It's you and James. <laughs> I know, but as soon as, like, obviously we were trying to be helpful, but as soon as I had one end of this baby carrier and James had the other, I was like... <laughs> Oh, boy. (laughs) Sort of reminds me of, I was in the pharmacy once uh, waiting in the, you know, like you do at the line of the pharmacy. Yep. And I had my youngest, who was an an infant, uh, like six months old, maybe old Mm -hmm. enough to like kind of support his own head. But uh, a man, an older man was standing behind me and my child was like reaching for him Mm -hmm. and flirting and that's sort of his personality anyway. Mm -hmm. And the guy just sort of like put his hands out and took took my baby and just yeah my youngest went to him very happily and then i and i started to have the same like i stood there for a minute and i turned around and i looked behind me and they were both so happy together i was like okay i mean honestly i was kind of uncomfortable about it but yeah yeah it's just one of those moments you're like and then he was trafficked and that's the end of that tra- horrible story I, know, I just couldn't believe it when all of a sudden like from behind me there's here go there we go okay and i was like god i would be terrible and i would just be like okay baby bye i know i know i always want to kiss people's babies and stuff. you can't kiss strangers babies like you want to so bad they're so cute but you can't yeah. you can't really you know, i'm like i want to hold your baby but i'm not going to ask that question right it's, yeah it's creepy right. ultimately and I was very fortunate to have two very adorable babies. But oh my just, god, the very yeah, cutest babies! But like so cute that random dudes are stealing them from me. <laughs> it's, just, it's just it's a friendly snatching. It was very sweet, and he gave him right back to me. But of still, course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, don't uh, grab, don't hug other people's babies unless it's consensual between all parties. But yeah, but if you do see a mom struggling. Ask yeah. her for help. See if well, she needs help. Don't ask her for help for you. Metaphorically ask her for- <laughs> hug their babies. Yeah, by donating to causes and voting and fucking mm-hmm. call your senators and shit because this yep. is bullshit. Yep, it totally is. Mm. Anyway. Anyway. If you made it this far, good job, you guys. Good job. We love you. And yep. um, we have to make a formal apology to Texas real fast. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't know entirely exactly why, um, but we got a very <laughs> sweet email from a listener and we appreciate you sending in that email and it was very sweet and so appropriately worded and if everybody talked to each other the way this woman did the world would be solved probably tomorrow mm-hmm. um she's a conservative texan who asked us to not bash texas and sadie and i talked about it and i was like i i don't really don't remember doing it but we love texas texas is where our first coven came from and I will fully acknowledge that sometimes Sadie and I say shit in jest or sarcastically, and um, it's Don't so in it. passing, yeah, that it's just our humor, our language, but we need to take responsibility for that. So if we said something shitty about Texas, we did not mean to, and no. we fully apologize. Yes. Um, so thank you for that email. And we. App- <laughs> I do not know how conservative people could continue to listen to this podcast because we are very clearly not conservative people. Uh, we do love conservative people. We come from a very conservative place. I think we've made that clear. But I could not listen to the reverse um, version of our podcast, period. So good for you, man. That is... You ha- you are an open-minded, open-hearted person to be able yeah. to continue to listen to this podcast despite yeah. all the things that we have to say. Right. I completely agree. 
Yeah. I mean, and we do love Texas and we love our conservative brothers and sisters. We just don't yes. agree. Right. And that's okay. We really, it's so nice when people reach out with like worries or complaints or feedback yes. um, in a way that we can have a conversation because totally. we, we really do want to know what's working. And um, if we say something really shitty, like by all means, tell us that that hurt you so we can make amends. Yeah, for sure. If you're being constructive or want to have a conversation, by all means, Let's put it into do it. it. Send it to, what is it? They will kill dick pics at gmail.com. <laughs> Send it straight there. We will yeah. review it. We will respond to it. I'm just kidding. Send it uh, to the regular one. Yeah, do it. Because we're um, here. Yeah. Um, uh, so thank you for that email, you sweetie pea. And... Um, one thing we need to ask our UK listeners, this is very important. Was mini pops a thing? Mm. So mm-hmm. Sadie and I, when we were little, we got a hold of a VHS tape, which was like a compilation of kids singing popular hits. Um, they were clearly from the UK. It was such a formative part of our childhood. Mm-hmm. Like we... I can still do the dances. I could sing the songs. Like it comes up a lot in this very specific private joke between two people because nobody else <laughs> that we know has ever seen this thing. Yeah. Is but it was it big in the UK? Was mini pops a big thing in the UK and somehow we got a hold of it in the US and Or was it not a big thing at all and so then we somehow got a hold of it in the US. Yeah. And now it's remains a really specific, like very fucking weird memory between the two of us and like an ongoing private joke. But you have found it, like somebody has taken the time to put it yes. online. So it's I on YouTube. It's not just us. I assume so too. But it came up recently. We're like, all right, let's get to the bottom of this because it's like one of those things that sort of haunts your life. Mm-hmm. Like this mini pops thing. Yeah, so we loved it so much. It was so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. looking back as as teeny mini poppers or whatever we. Yeah, it was cool. And yeah, I, I would like think about how when I. When I audition for mini pops, I'm going to wear this outfit. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Please, somebody, Louise, yeah. whoever, all, all of our British listeners, did, was that a thing? Tell us about it. Tell us about it. Also, we got a great email from somebody. Totally made our weeks. I mean, she touched on multiple points in the email, but <laughs> I said the word tallywhacker in a recent episode, and she mentioned a neighbor who called... <laughs> <laughs> who called the penis a dilly whacker, mm. <laughs> which I wanted to throw out there. Yeah. Um, that... And also earrings or ear boppers. <laughs> so, so you know, so yeah. if anybody's looking to expand your vocabulary, dilly, dilly whacker and ear boppers. Um, and part of the reason I bring that up is because another listener of ours, who's a, like number one fan status um, mentioned, and she didn't actually bring this up as a criticism at all, it just kind of came up in correspondence that she almost didn't continue to listen to the podcast because we say GD, the GD, a lot. The big G. Yeah, the big little G, G, little uh, God, goddamn, a lot. And so I'm just going to officially try to stop saying that in her honor. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't normally do that, but this listener is such a fucking sweetheart and like, yeah. seriously, like the most supportive person. So, in your honor, you know who you are. I'm going to really start to try to say Dilly Whacker instead of GD. <laughs> or whatever else. Dilly Whacker. <laughs> Dilly Whacker. 
I'm trying to practice. Feels good, right? Yeah. Feels good. I know. I forgot that I was supposed to not curse. Well, not that. Anyway, I'm wondering yeah. now. I'm looking back. Did I say that? I thought about it halfway episode. through this episode because it's been a few minutes since we recorded a regular episode, not a Patreon episode. And, um, oh, no, she's a Patreon supporter, too. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we got to take it across platforms. Oh, it's probably a good thing anyway. Just no need. Oh, I know. I walker. always want to say the F word a little bit less, but I don't, I'm not quite there yet. Yeah. And I don't know if I really do. I just feel like maybe I could be a little bit more creative. But then I also feel like if that's just some sort of <laughs> weird societal thing that I've like read on a thing on Instagram and now it's... Yeah. Like I've in- internalized it and I don't need to. Fuck uh, that. You fuck know what? That. Now that I think Shit. about it, fuck it. Fuck <laughs> it to fuck. Well, now that our listeners have gone through our should we cuss or not brainstorm sesh, do you want to do some Patreon shoutouts? Yes. Yes. We swear a lot more on Patreon, though. So if you're going to go over there. <laughs> I'm kind of mean on Patreon. Sometimes. Yeah. We've decided that if you pay us money, we abuse you. <laughs> I don't, we like immediately got there yeah. with that one. So, <laughs> so come on over. It's yeah, if you're like a, if you're a, warm. <laughs> if you're a sub, and you're into S and M, and you're on the uh-huh. sub side of things, you will love our Patreon. It is <laughs> spanky. It is abuse kind of like bally. Sick, gag bally. Yeah, we will <laughs> give you a little tap on your booty, <laughs> lovingly, uh, of course. Right. <laughs> uh, speaking of, so. Thank you to Vanessa A. Yes, yes, yes. To E, the letter E, N. <laughs> and a big thank you to Wait, Siobhan. that's it? E-N? Well, yeah. The the person gave us their first initial, and I'm not going to say their last name. Oh, so. right, right, right. We don't do yes. that. I forgot. No. Yay, E-N. Hey, woo. And a big thank you to, to Siobhan N. Yay, Siobhan. Who couldn't find us in the beginning a lot of people have had a hard time tracking us down on patreon including me when i'm not logged in as us Mm -hmm. so we're going to try to get to the bottom of that it is in a link in our bio on our instagram um i think it's probably prominent on our website so if you go over there and can't find us i we will try to figure that out but in the meantime go to instagram message us whatever follow the link on our bio on instagram and don't give, give us all your money. That's right. Don't give up. Because it, it, that's what I would do if I got there and I was, if I took the time to go to Patreon and Google, like search oh, their yeah. name and it didn't pop up, I'd be like, eh, I'll do it next yes. time. Yes. Yes. But guess what, guys? Not your problem. Totally our problem. So we'll fix it. We will. And thank you for those of you who dig, dig, dig to find us because it's really nice and it really makes us feel happy and it makes us want to keep doing this. And yep. it allows fall, for us to keep yeah, doing it. And fall deeper and deeper in love with each and every one of you every single day yep maybe by the time this airs maybe not quite yet but we are very close to fifty thousand downloads yeah! you sweet little sugar babies you are sugariest babies <laughs> so we're gonna do a giveaway a good one i've already started i don't know exactly what is going to be in it yet i was poking around i definitely want to continue to sor- support black owned businesses i just like how to choose is my issue i'm coming mm-hmm. up with so if anybody has a black owned business that they're like i really want this thing from them like in the 50 to 100 dollar range preferably pl- go ahead and message me yep. i'm open to suggestions you're the ones who are going to receive these goodies so we're going to do something along those lines 
My wife, Laura, has more art that she's thrown in the mix uh, and lots of other fun stuff. Because you guys are worth it. And this is thrilling and we want to keep it going. Yeah, maybe some of our new merch that's now available. Yes, yes. I'm launching the merch store probably Tuesday. Oh, yeah. it's already out. So if you're listening to this, I'm going <gasps> to say it's up. It's cute. Yeah, so it is cute. cute. Um, what else? I think that's it. All I'm right. pretty sure that's it. Let's we love get you. out of here. We love you. Sexy people. You're attractive. <laughs> You're good at life. Yeah. And keep You're the best at life. You're the best at life. I cannot imagine 2020 without you guys. No. Jesus God. I, I've, I, I actually have thought about that a lot, that this year <sighs> has just sucked. It's been so hard. You know what, though? This is the year that we started this podcast. And yeah. it is... Yep. My little heart and soul. I'm on the verge of tears thinking about it. You guys are amazing. You're amazing. And when things get really intense and stressful and I'm reading the news and I'm fucking having conversations on Facebook or whatever and I start feeling like I want to die, I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to write a story instead. And I do. And it makes me feel so much better. And then one of you will message us or comment something hilarious on Instagram or whatever and... Oh, my God. Yeah, 2020, I think we're all going to look back and be like, that was fucking psychotically awful and hard, but all of it was necessary, and it brought us all to a better place. That is my I hope so. <laughs> manifestation for this future, because yeah. the other option is n- not no good. Right. Yeah, we won't, we won't go there yet. <laughs> no, it brought, it brought us to you guys. 2020 brought you into our lives, and for that, I'm forever grateful. Me, too. We love you. And if you want to connect with us on a deeper soul level, go to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at They Will Kill. What? I, I've been really trying on Twitter. What are we up to now? Oh, like 60 people or something. <laughs> but what I've been trying to do is like actually put real posts out and uh-huh. talk to people. So if you have a Twitter account, will you do us a favor and just go over to They Will Kill and follow yes. us because <laughs> it's not easy. I don't know what I'm doing, but we I'm really trying. We don't it. We hate it. We would no. love to embrace it. Yeah. But it's, I guess it's a good way to find people to listen to our <laughs> show, which we would like mm-hmm. for that to happen. So mm-hmm. give us a help out over there. Give us a little boosty boost. Please. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, continue. You can also find us at They Will Kill. Dot com. You can email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us your criticisms, your concerns, your deepest desires. <laughs> We're we not will. like genies in a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rate, review, subscribe, please. Yes, thank you so much for those of you who do. We love it. Yep. Thank you, AJ Burgans, for your music. Yes, big one. Uh, he continues to release new music. Go yep. check him out on Spotify. Yes. He's so talented. Yep. I do and... want a piano album, though, if you're listening, mm-hmm. AJ. Piano album. He's... Sandra listens. Hey, Sandra. Piano, piano album. Album. Right? <laughs> yes. So good. And remember, um, go watch uh, I'll Be Gone in the Dark on HBO mm-hmm. if you haven't. That mm-hmm. is my advice for the week. Go just sob your way through it because it's mm-hmm. so good and so sad. I mean, yeah. I feel like we're all like, oh, what else could I know about the Golden State Killer? Oh, a fuck ton. And it's really about Michelle McNamara and it's wonderful and yeah. inspiring and 
just one of those stories that you're like, this is so tragic and beautiful at the same time. Yep. And read the book if you haven't done that yeah. already, too. Yeah. It's really good. It's just a triumph of the goddamn human spirit. So give it a little looky, Lou. Or I don't know. That's, <laughs> watchy, that's enough of that. A watchy woo. A watchy woo and a looky loo and a listeny too. <laughs> Dr. Seuss is our second cousin. That, that wasn't apparent by that. No, for real. For real. That's our only our only claim to fame, our, yeah. our family tie to Theodore Geisel, a.k.a. Dr. Seuss, was our grandmother's cousin. So There you go. That's, what else? That's why that's, we're such amazing writers. That's why, that's why we have to attribute our genius to. <laughs> we love uh, you guys. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Goodbye. Goodbye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.